0: Thank you to our five incredible Patreon supporters who make this Artie Party podcast possible. Founder of the Sister Shack Collective, Chantel Irby. Visual artist from Sunderland, Stephanie Smith. Photographic artist, Joe Howell. Audio producer, Laura Willis. And founder of Tri-Life TV, Nikki Cole. Hello, you are listening to Artie Party, celebrating participatory arts in the Northeast. My name is Jay Sykes. Every week, conversations with artists and creatives, sharing projects and passions, events and exhibitions, artistic practice and advice. Today, we are recording at the Conserve and Craft event outside the Holy Trinity Church, and I'm here with the organizer, Sophie Hearn.
1: Hello, my name's Sophie. I work for Sunderland City Council Heritage Team. How's
0: the day going so far? It's
1: going really well. So um, we had schools down yesterday. 250 local pupils.
2: 250. Pupils.
1: 250 school children. Gosh. Yes, Year 6 to Year 3. Very small, dinky children, and they loved it. So we hope the public will love it just as much today.
0: That sounds amazing. So, yeah. so I mean, how many stall holders and crafters are here today? Oh,
1: at least over 20. Over 20? Yeah. So we've got Historic Property Restoration doing pointing. They work on some amazing buildings. Um, Northumberland estate if you've ever been to any of their buildings they've probably restored them.
0: And at the moment um, they're stood now they're putting together like a, a dry stone wall. A dry
1: stone wall, yep, uh-huh, and pointing, oh. a gentleman's doing pointing there. We've also got um, Hilton Castle project, have brought some volunteers over and they're doing crafts. So we've got clay moulding, badge making,
0: Hopefully I'll go and talk to these people later and you can hear more about their experience of what it's been like today at the event and also their work in general.
1: Um, and we have more crafts inside. Mm. We've also got stone masonry, basket weaving, normal weaving, <laughs> if you don't fancy the basket, and we have tours of the Maritime Heritage Centre in Sunderland and Holy Trinity Church itself. So that's why we're here today. It's the 50th birthday of Church's Conservation Trust and it's the 300th birthday of the church itself. So it's a really great year to to have this happening. Work on the church is going to start in a month's time to turn it into a venue that people can use. It's going to be brought back to life. There's going to be loads of cool stuff like this happening in the future and this is just to kick it all off, get it started.
0: <laughs> sounds fantastic thank you for telling me all about it Sophie yeah. so um, the Church's Conservation Trust I understand you say 50 years old now yes and we previously had on Arty Party Amanda Jerry yes. who joined us um, I think maybe about five months ago yeah. um, to talk about the county space and the development
1: Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: so could you just summarise what the Church's Conservation Trust exists to do
1: yeah so they exist to protect um, historic churches across the country and there is a membership scheme that you can be a member but all of their churches are free to enter so if you're a member you're you're doing it because you care about their work they don't charge they let you in they have some amazing buildings all across the country visit their website they've got some great projects happening at the minute Um, Sudbury down south they've got some great things and Sunderland is really special because it's one of their capital projects it's really rare thing to have there's only a couple going on at the minute across the country and we're one of them we're picked we're special
0: <laughs> and it must be really exciting building up to that opening yeah, uh-huh. is that next year for the canny space or um, is it in a few years time in a few
1: years time once the capital works are done so the capital works will start in a month And then we'll see how long it takes, because it's like doing your bathroom up. (laughs) You think that it'll take you a weekend, I'll get some mates over, Uh and then six months later you're crying on the floor, you've got water coming out of everywhere, everyone's abandoned you, and you've got to take your shower next door, so we'll see what happens. (laughs) Hopefully that doesn't happen, but uh, yeah, you can never tell with historic properties, which is the fun of it, really. Um, They're unpredictable, but they're brilliant and really special, so... I mean, at Holy Trinity Church, the Canny Space Project isn't the only amazing thing that's happening in Sunderland. We've got so much heritage, so much culture. We tend to be kind of a bit forgotten about in comparison to Newcastle and their culture and their museums and their buildings up there, Northumberland, their castles. But we've got a castle. We've got Hilton Castle. If people don't know. We'll be opening soon. We have the Maritime Heritage Trust, which are found in the East End. They are an amazing group of guides doing amazing work, making and restoring boats. And we also have the Donaton School. I would say to everybody who's listening to this, you don't have to go into a historic building. Just walk along Sunderland, any street in Sunderland, look up and actually look at the buildings above. Don't look at the shop fronts, look up because that's where it's all happening and people don't and just look up and you'll be amazed, really, really will be.
0: Again, hopefully we'll be talking with the Heritage Action Zone later as well. Yeah,
1: uh-huh, they're uh, here today.
0: Good, because there's the, the development of the elephant tea rooms at the moment. Yes,
1: so that's happening. Um, yeah, so that's going to be a new service for the libraries where they're going to be doing their local studies in there, which is fabulous. You know, that'll be a place where people can go for free and enjoy which is what it's all about because these buildings they all belong to all of us and they should be open to all of us to use and that's an amazing building to be getting restored so yeah, fantastic work that they're doing with the Haas, the historic action zone
0: <laughs> And Sophie, I believe that you're going to take me inside now to meet yes. one of your favourite crafters here at the event.
1: Yes, yes, but don't tell the others that she's my favourite
0: <laughs> And this event today is being held opposite the Holy Trinity Church but in the MIND base in Sunderland.
1: Yes, so this is MIND Sunderland, they do amazing work they really really help a lot of people um and i mean you can chat to them later today because they really are really special and it's a special place and they're so lovely to have let us borrow this space as well <laughs> we've kind of taken over we've infiltrated <laughs>
0: <laughs> hopefully raising some good awareness about mine and the campaigns that they yes, do as well uh,
1: yep absolutely
0: lovely hello. hello
3: hi what's your name i'm sophia pearson
0: Hello, Sophia. Jay, lovely to meet you. Hi, hello. Hi, Sophie. Tell me about Sophia and her work.
1: Sophia, um, I found Sophia on Instagram (laughs) and the work that she does. She came to help with Hilton Castle Project, doing educational workshops there with art. She'll tell you a bit more about what sort of art she does and that has just led to bigger and better things really and I'm sure she'll tell you all about that and she's here today showing what she can do and sharing her beautiful craft with everybody. So, yeah.
0: Sophie, thank you so much for the thank tour. Thank you. So pleased, I'd love to hear more about your work and your illustration craft.
3: Yes, as Sophie said, I got in touch with the Hilton Castle project over Instagram and I've since done some of the illustrations that are going on the interpretation design actually inside the castle, which is really exciting.
0: So your work is going to be displayed in a heritage funded
3: yeah, um, building. Hall. Yeah, so it's um, illustrations of what some of the carvings on the outside of the castle, what we think they might have looked like back in the day and then today I'm showcasing some of my um, illustration work um, so we're focusing on book illustration and we've got some illuminated letters for people to do themselves.
0: As, as an artist, what is it like then with that, that line between recreating history and bringing your own work into it?
3: Well, I think that's really interesting. I originally studied history, and I think one of the really interesting things is that we can never know completely what something would have been like or what it would have looked exactly like. So there is an element of imagination there when you're illustrating something. But I like to try and be as informed as possible, not just make it up.
0: (laughs) we have got postcards here, and they've all got really gorgeous illustrations on them. Um, and so clearly like you've got some good insight into marketing techniques with uh, how to share your work with people.
3: Yeah, I mean we were talking about Instagram earlier, <laughs> I'd say Instagram is one of my weaknesses, I'm not good at updating it regularly enough. Doing things like this where you can um, talk to people about your work is great. So, I know,
0: like, we're trying to talk about a visual media <laughs> in a radio format. But
3: Okay, so everybody's going to have to uh, imagine.
0: Or check out your Instagram.
3: Check out my Instagram. Maybe not the one. Sophia Pearson Illustration.
0: <laughs> Sophia Pearson Illustration.
3: Yeah. So on the left, we've got some atmospheric pictures of the forest. Those are from my MA project, and it was to do with Russian folktales and book illustration. On the right, we've got quite ribbly looking image which is supposed to represent famine and then we've got some uh, brightly coloured ships on a sea. These are from a project I did about Saxon kings. Those are the sketches that I did before that.
0: Where did you study and what did you study?
3: Originally I studied history at Cambridge and then I did a master's in illustration at Sunderland.
0: Quite a shift.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But it's clear that like, that has followed through into your work, that you're now working with heritage projects, such as the Castle, in an illustration setting.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of the um, history I studied was very academic and book-based, and I think it's really interesting to bring the areas of history and art together in less academic contexts, so like the Castle Project and things like that. And how
0: did you find that that transition of coming out of university <laughs> and into essentially trying to make a living from, from your work?
3: Well it, it's a work in progress. I work part time in York at York St John University in the art department. I'm a technician. My job title is technician in digital illustration. So I teach people to use Photoshop and graphics programs. So I do that two days a week and I do illustration and graphic design as well
0: in terms of all of the different jobs that you do then what, what are your favorite parts about being both a technician and being an illustrator at the same time
3: working in a in a workplace um, is nice from a social point of view you know if you're self-employed doing illustration that means spending a lot of time by yourself so i do enjoy interaction with people um, working as a technician and also the ideas that the students bring that they're trying to create and then trying to problem solve to make that Real, it's really satisfying doing your own projects and that coming to fruition.
0: So, how can people find out more about your work if they're interested?
3: So, they can follow me on Instagram, it's Sophia Pearson Illustration, the same on Facebook, or you can look at my website, which is Sophia Pearson Sophia,
0: thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Knock knock. Hi, would you mind if I came to chat with you? No problem at all, no. Thank you. By the way, I'm here that's with a radio company called Artie Party, oh, right. which is about celebrating the work of no. artists and creatives. No. So, could I please get you to introduce yourself and tell me about matting?
4: My name is Wendy Costello, and I got interested in matting because as a child, I used to be brought up to South Shields by my mother. And she would be catching up with all the relatives. And my sister and I were expected to sit in silence, as you were years ago when you were little, being bored out of your skull. But the highlight was seeing the wonderful rugs on the floor. And still in my mind's eye, I can see them. So when I moved up to this part of the world, I thought, now's the time I'm going to learn how to do it and two elderly ladies were demonstrating in the local library and I went and said I'd like to learn and to them it was something you just learnt at your mother's knee so they were flabbergasted (laughs) that I wanted to learn how to do it but there are rug groups in the area still there's a huge revival in rug making so I joined a rug group and learnt how to do it but I now volunteer at Washington Old Hall and they have a tenement room and I sit by the tenement and I talk to the visitors because seeing the rug frame and seeing the rug making brings back lots of wonderful memories to them. And I have a box of rug tools because the rugs that I've brought along today are all different techniques. People rummage through the box of tools and one man in particular he held the tool and he said, if I hold this... I'm back in my grandma's kitchen. He said I can smell the bread and I can hear her voice because rug making used to be such a lovely family activity. And already this morning, two lots of people have spoken to me about that aspect of rug making and how everybody was involved. The men would make the tools, the rug frame, possibly draw the design. The children would cut the scraps of fabric and everybody sat around and did it. But one man, some years ago, when he saw me, he said, oh no, you've got a rug frame. And when he was naughty, his nanny used to make him sit under the rug frame. And he must have been very naughty and spent a long time (laughs) sitting under the rug frame. But he's the only person with a negative memory of rug making. And it's very, very relaxing. Your mind can wander. It's mindfulness, you see. It's very on trend at the moment. And already some visitors have said, yes, I'm going to go away. I'm going to get some Hessian and I'm going to sit and enjoy doing this. Yes.
0: I really love that. Again, it's like many different forms of art, and it, it, it helps us connect with our past and connect with, say, what, what families would do together, like you talk about. Yes. I know one other. She works in Sunderland. Oh, her name's Kath Price.
4: Oh, yes, she does a lot at the museum, at Sunderland Museum. But South Shields has got a rug-making group on a Friday. Durham's got one Monday and Wednesday... Ashington's got a thriving rug group. They're, they're widely spaced, but what I've brought along here, I've got examples of a hooked rug, which is a technique that some people are very keen on. But I've got two cats, and if the cats pull a thread, the whole thing comes out. Oh gosh! This I've got some made out of jeans.
0: Made out of jeans,
4: really? This one I'm working on is made out of jeans. Oh, my goodness. So anything, can really work with any clothing Anything that doesn't fray, right. you, can, you can use. So this has got at least six <laughs> pairs of jeans in it. Because um, oh they're heavy. And that's only like,
0: say, what, maybe like the size of an A2 piece of paper?
4: Yes. And it's it's got six pairs of jeans. It's got six <laughs> pairs of jeans in oh, wow. it. Because you only can see the tufts that's the bit that covers the Hessian and then that's the bit that's sticking up so it's quite, I'm telling about your son-in-law's jeans. These are your son-in-law's jeans? (laughs) He was a large fella but
5: now he's slimmed down.
4: (laughs) So I'm benefiting from the jeans.
5: Hi, who are you? Hi dear, I'm Sarah from Washtenawld Hall.
0: (laughs) So Sarah Murray from the Washington Old Hall as part of National Trust. Yes. How is it to have Wendy Costello on board being one of the crafters sharing her practice at the Old Hall?
5: It's brilliant because, I mean, Wendy, she's been a volunteer. We were trying to figure it out today, weren't we? About six, seven years and has been involved with the garden. But we used to talk about rugs and Wendy said, oh, you know, I, I do this and I do that. And then bit by bit, she started to bring our rugs in. We have a room at the old hall. The hall was a tenement from the 1850s right up until the 1930s. So families, nine families, were living in there, squashed in. And they would have all not thrown any rags away. They would have turned them into rugs, as was a tradition. And Wendy has brought that to life for us every Monday. she come, bring her own rugs, bring samples for people to try. And she's even run workshops for us with different techniques making bags making christmas trees it's very sculpture really it's tactile people want to touch it people want to talk about it and i don't know if you've already mentioned wendy when people come in and some people are either horrified because it was a punishment
4: about i think the rugs got a bad press years ago because they're very hard wearing They used to put them on the beds over the winter, but then they would start in front of the fire. But because of the work boots, the coal dust, they would get dirty. And they would gradually creep through the house, the kitchen, the scullery, the dog's basket, (laughs) the garden. And people say, oh, those rag rugs, they were dirty old things, my grandma had them. But now we're all into recycling. And I think that's where the interest lies now, the fact that you can do a memories rug, with baby grows or jeans or things like that.
0: (laughs) That's beautiful. I
4: love that.
0: What do you think is the value of bringing crafts into a heritage space and doing workshops like, like Wendy does?
4: I think with rug making it's accessible because you don't have to be artistic. You just need to be patient and you get a big reward. And what you're doing, I think that's a big plus with this sort of activity for me.
5: Yeah, I completely agree. But also, it's it's a taste of the past, isn't it? But you can mix the past and the present. But actually, to sit and make a rug and the workshops, you get that flavour of when people have said, "Oh, I remember, I would sit by and." Uh, you know, mum and aunties would be sitting talking, when the workshops that Wendy's ran it's once you get settled and you've got your tools in your hands, it's the chat that is the fun part but it's, it's like, you know in a heritage site, it just proves that life doesn't change I think whatever you're doing and the people around, it becomes like a social thing and I think once you're engaged and experiencing it, it helps you remember it more as well it makes you
0: know a reason to be there. Is there anything that you'd like to talk about?
5: Oh uh, well, yes, of course. I mean, you can see Wendy every Monday. She's our very own rug maker at Washington Old Hall. She's always there, waiting, ready to chat and tell you about rug making techniques and turn your old T-shirts into a bathroom rug or a boring old tote bag into a sculptural
4: masterpiece. Wendy, I don't know if you want to add. Yes, as you can see. <laughs> uh, no, I was just thinking with the revival of Trinity Church, we could even do their kneelers in rugby Oh, yes. yes. What an idea. <laughs> so it's still relevant today. It's not an old fashioned craft at all. Yes. Wendy Costello.
0: And Sarah Murray, thank you so much for talking to me today
5: on Arty Party. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And if you've
0: just joined us here on Arty Party, we are recording at the Conserve and Craft event as part of the Church's Conservation Trust. And uh, there are people from all over, many different kinds of crafts. Already we've spoken to Wendy Costello, who does the froggy matting. And we've spoken to an illustrator called Sophia as well. More to come on today's arty party. So join us after this.
1: Yeah. So um, it's oh. about twelve o'clock. I'll take you over, and we'll do the tour. If that's all right. Yeah. Right, okay. Inside. Yeah. Yeah. We'll. And then afterwards, um, it would be lovely if you could speak to Mind as well and just do a little bit with them. Just no. <laughs> Go on. Because they do such great work. <laughs>
0: I just wanted to say thank you for joining us on this journey and listening to the Arty Party podcast. Also, Arty Party doesn't just cover others' events. We also host our own as well. In collaboration with Sunderland Culture, the next one of those is coming up on September 20th and we would absolutely love for you to join us if you can. It's a completely free event where we're going to be doing a live recording at Mackie's Corner in the city of Sunderland. Uh, We'll be celebrating the legacy of artists who have occupied this space over the past year uh, as part of Sunderland Culture's Great Place scheme and other artistic projects that have found their temporary home in this reclaimed historic building in Sunderland. So do come join us for a drink or two to network with other artists and creators in the city and to hear about some inspiring creative practice taking place in the northeast that's friday the 20th of september from 5:30 p.m. until 9 p.m. if you'd like a free ticket or two or 3 or 4 uh, then you can head to slash tickets to get tickets that's slash tickets Otherwise we've also got an event page on Facebook as well, so just find Artie Party on Facebook. Artie Party as ever is Artie with a Y, Party with an I. Y I. So how are you feeling about going on this tour of the Holy Trinity Church?
2: I wanted to go yesterday but I didn't get a chance because we had like 250 kids so I thought I'll seize the opportunity today.
0: (laughs) It must have been really engaging like uh, having those 250 kids as you say from all the different schools in Sunderland here yesterday. Do you
2: know it was actually fantastic. They were really well behaved and they were interested and engaged and they wanted to learn about what you were doing. Which can be challenging but (laughs) yesterday was really
0: good. (laughs) And how does it feel to be at a space like this and seeing the work of all of these other crafters and heritage involved people
2: for somebody who's involved in craft it's really inspiring for me to see what other people do because i just sort of fell into it it's not something that i was like born to do i'm not artistic i never thought i was Um, so seeing the other skills just makes me want to learn more and i think once you're interested you just progress you start with something small and then learn something else and something else and just play until you find what your heart really connects with.
0: I find that so interesting that you say you're not naturally an artist or a crafter. Not at all.
2: <laughs> I was an archaeologist.
0: <laughs> but then I was chatting to oh someone earlier who was doing illustration. And, um, and Sophia, she said that she, uh, she previously studied history down at Cambridge. Right. So again, a completely different change of direction. I
2: think it just moves you, you know, when creativity finds you. You just follow it. <laughs>
0: Shall we go on the tour? Yes. (laughs) Hello, Amanda. Hello, Sophie. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: So, is everybody here? Yes, this is everybody I've rounded up. Great. So,
6: uh, welcome to Holy Trinity Church. Who's been here before? oh great oh so you're all new here so fantastic so this is um sort of the last opportunity today really to have a look around the church before we give the keys to the contractors super exciting after sort of five years of fundraising the um contractors are moving on site next month so we're at last we're able to say the week beginning the 15th of august and the contractors are moving on site so it's so exciting you don't want to cheer Honestly, I want to like jump up and down. It's just like super exciting. Honestly, you can hear it in my voice. It's (laughs) been a long slog. So the church is in the care of the Churches Conservation Trust and it came into our care in 1988. So our role as a national organisation is to care for churches that aren't used for regular worship anymore. So it's still consecrated and we allow services so they still have a worshiping congregation but our worshiping congregation are smaller than 10 with an average age of probably about 70. So for them to have the responsibility of the upkeep of the building is a a huge thing. It's a grade one listed building. So it means it's uh, one of our most important architecturally and historic buildings in our collection. We only get grade one and grade two star and currently have 353 across the UK to look after this probably is fair to say it's in it's one of the worst states in our collection and it's a sort of top 10 for us to concentrate on over the next three years we've been super lucky in that um, we've been fundraising for five years and we're very nearly there we've got about fifty thousand still to raise but that is not stopping us we're on site it is a 4.3 million pound restoration project (laughs) which is a huge investment in this area and for the city but it's so exciting its history is amazing it's full of stories and what it will become is a new heritage and cultural hub for the city where the stories of old Sunderland come alive but actually this is where Sunderland started in the early 1600s there were six and a half thousand people living around this bit here but there was only the parish of St Peter's so that was um, Mount Weymouth and then the parish of Bishop Weymouth where our minster is and this was just a collection of people working on the water and in the shipbuilding industry and that grew to about six and a half thousand people by the early 1700s and the people that we sort of names you may have heard of now like Thornhills, Ettricks, Pembledon for the mine. Really influential, sort of founders, people quite um, affluent as well, actually lived here in this area because they were merchants and shipbuilders or providers to the shipbuilding industry. It was consecrated on the 4th of September 1719, so it's actually really nearly 300 years old so what a year to celebrate its 300th birthday in with the fact that we're going to be able to save this building that's at risk of literally falling down and you will see as we go through it is falling down but that's not to stop us we put a hard hat on and go and have a look around and as we walk around i'll tell you a little bit more about its history but if you've got any questions
0: if you've just joined us you are listening to Artie party bringing together artists and creatives to have conversations about their practice we're wrapping up today's conversations at the conserve and craft event outside the holy trinity church and sunderland mind and i'm now going to chat with sarah from heritage action zone hello sarah hi there the conversations that you've been having how have they been going with
7: people yeah it's just kind of raising awareness of what we're doing in the city centre so i'm the project manager for the heritage action zone which is uh, focusing on the regeneration of sunderland's historic high streets what were formerly the high streets of Sunderland? So Fawcett Street, Church Street, East High Street, West and East. Obviously, Holy Trinity, where we are now, is is part of that heritage action zone. This was once the kind of the commercial heart of Sunderland city centre. And over time, obviously, that's changed and kind of drifted westwards towards the Bridge of Shopping Centre. So we're really keen to raise awareness of what was the historic parts of the city centre, bring those buildings, the historic buildings, back into use and find new uses for them, and really raise awareness of those heritage assets within the Southern City Centre, which actually a lot of people in the conversations I've had today don't realise are here.
0: Now in terms of all of the different assets that you're talking about with Heritage Action Zone, the one that I'm most aware of mm-hmm. is the one that you've also got on this banner here, the one for Mackie's Corner.
7: Yeah, that's right, yes.
0: Which of course has been routinely, in over the past year, used as a space to celebrate arts guess, in the city.
7: Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that is part of... So there's Mackey's Corner, which is sits within kind of the wider Hutchinson's buildings. Restoration work will be starting on that building a little bit later this year, kind of September, October time, to restore the building to its former glory and bring it back into use. So up until this point, yes, we've been using space within that building for artists for for an exhibition programme, which was originally done just to coincide with the tourships event, but was really successful. So that was extended. And that's really something that we've been doing with our partnerships with Sunderland Culture. So really trying to kind of animate those empty spaces within historic buildings.
0: And just to publicise and plug an event that we've got coming up as well, we don't know the exact date for that yet, but on that day in which you can go and see the the legacy, the year of art that has been created around Mackie's Corner at the end of August, please do come and join us. We are supported by Sunderland Culture, a free event that day, and I'll be publicising that on the artyparty.com website. And then also that will be played out at the beginning of September, so you can hear it if you don't get a chance to check out the event yourself as well.
7: Another project that's happening is 170-175 to High Street West, which will be starting again later in the year, kind of September-October time. So they were the former bins buildings, the original bins buildings, and have now been taken up by a music social enterprise, Poprex
0: oh I know where you mean so that's on the corner just opposite Arabesque restaurant and by the big roundabout
7: yeah it's just before yeah the ring road yes Mm. so kind of down the far end of high street west the opposite end to the Hutchinson's buildings so again restoration work will be starting there very soon which would be fantastic to see that happening again like the Hutchinson's that'll be kind of brought back into use and and Poprex will occupy one of those units
0: And for you to be working in this role and to be doing this, what does it mean to you to be restoring these spaces within the city of Sunderland?
7: I am from Sunderland, so I have a connection with the city and to kind of be part of that regeneration is really really important to me actually, and um, and it's really nice to kind of have that opportunity to do that. This part of Sunderland is not a part that was particularly familiar with to me before in terms of kind of the East End of Sunderland, but it's kind of unbelievable that it, in terms of kind of the heritage assets and kind of what the what this part of the city has to offer. That's really what we want to achieve through the Heritage Action Zone is to for you know people to to really kind of take ownership of that and and enjoy what we have here as well.
0: And on behalf of a community of grassroots artists who are living and working in Sunderland, I'd just like to say thank you for really including arts and and crafts within many of your, uh, your development plans. It's been lovely, lovely to have that from the Heritage Action Zone.
7: Well, I think that's been really important. I mean, certainly partnership working has been key to this whole project, and we really see the value in working with creatives to to really bring those those kind of historic buildings back into use, particularly and to use those spaces. So for us, it was a kind of a yeah, you know, it's a kind of a no-brainer, really. You know, that those kind of that partnership is hugely important in kind of furthering our objectives. So. If people are
0: interested in finding out more about the Heritage Action Zone, how can people, the best way for people to find out more about it?
7: So they can find out via our website, which is through the Historic England website. If you just Google Sunland has Historic England, I'm sure it'll pop up. And we also have an Instagram page at Sunland Heritage Action Zone.
0: Thank you very much indeed. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about at all? I
7: don't (laughs) think so. I think that's exhausted my my talk. (laughs)
0: I'm here with someone who's uh, he's sat at a table that says clay on it. <laughs> and there's lots of clay objects, so hello, please introduce
8: yourself. Hi, I'm uh, Colin Burnigal. I'm a volunteer with the Hilton Castle Project. I've been asked to uh, attend today just to help out with some of the crap stuff that's happening today. What we're doing today is it's a bit of a hands-on with a clay. It's uh, terracotta clay that, uh, to make some moulds of the soldiers and a lamp and worm. It's sort of mould, it's, it's more to get the kids introduced into the clear and the moulds, and it's a bit of a hands-on for them and they like to get their hands and fingers into it you know they make the mould, they take it home they let it dry and they can paint them when they get home but again it's, it's just a clear, and it's, it's something that would have been used years and years ago as, as part of a to mould sort of castles and churches and wherever, you know. So.
0: How have you been finding, then, trying out this creative practice of the clay modelling with people and sharing that?
8: It's been exciting because it's, it's one of the, uh, I, I did it a few weeks back for the first time myself, so it was really, really? good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. So it's, it's been interesting, but it's, it's really good, yeah. And, and the, 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 the children and the kids, they really enjoy getting... And some of the adults as well, actually. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, it's good, it's good.
0: What would you say are maybe your most precious or your favorite parts of your role at Helken Castle?
8: I think because my background was construction last year we've done a lot of side tours while it was still in, in the main construction period if you like the scaffold was outside so we had scaffold walks and we went up over the year because of the development that was happening every time we had done a side tour there was different things and you're saying different things and you could could see before your eyes how it was developing and what it was going to be and I know that's due to open very very soon so yes it would be really really good and be nice to get into it like sort of a new new building a new era for it I suppose yeah.
0: If people are interested in finding out more about the Hilton Castle project and the development, how can people find out more? Do you know?
8: Um, well, these oh, are the website, and again, there's lots of leaflets about in, in, the, uh, in the, the museum and, and events like this. Um, but mainly the website, Facebook, are a really interesting Facebook page as well. Um, there's a lot of pictures on there showing the development of it as well.
0: Lovely to speak to you today, Colin Bernacle. Oh. Cheers. Oh. Bye bye. Mr. Darling. Hey, hello. hello. hello.
9: Yeah, you. You, you got your own apartment,
0: <laughs> How are you doing Hustle? I'm fine, I'm fine. If you've just joined us, we are here at the Conserve and Craft event with the Church's Conservation Trust that is being held at the Sunderland Mind Wellbeing Hub and from Sunderland Mind Wellbeing Hub, hello.
9: Hello, Uh, so I'm Callum Parker and I'm a young people support worker um, at Sunderland Mind. We're here today just to sort of have a stall and have some information about the kinds of things that we do. The main reason that we're here today is to give information about our young people's project. So our young people's project is WASP and that's uh, our wellbeing action and support project. Oh, I love it when you get like a really good mnemonic. It's like, W-A-S-P. Yeah, so I mean, we work with young people all over the city um, from seven years of age until 18 years of age and we have a load of groups and um, different things on. So our main bit of work at the minute is that we go around a few schools in the Sunderland area and we have a few services that we offer like our lunchtime drop-in. What we do is we basically bring a load of activities and we work on improving resilience in young people whether they already have a mental health issue or not. Um, and it basically gives them the life skills, the confidence and the improved self-esteem that they need to really like thrive in the world. We also have our young people's groups that we have on a Thursday night. And uh, that's really a, like a more extended version of our lunch project. So the idea is that we get them people in who maybe don't get out much. Or, and in fact, they don't even have to have any mental health issues anyway. But we go through loads of games and activities with them as well to try and boost them up and support them through their issues that they have. So the project's only been around for like... Less than two years now it is. And we've already directly impacted like hundreds of children. So we're we're very cost effective, I think. I mean, indirectly, hopefully, we've uh, potentially impacted hundreds and hundreds, maybe over a thousand kids indirectly through word of mouth, through the friends and stuff like that. And then this summer, we have a summer programme coming up. So for that, we're going to be visiting various places around the area, some museums as well, and just sort of getting them out and sort of having a good time with them, sort of let them know that they're not alone, that they have somewhere that they can belong and give them the skills that they need to really thrive in life, so that's what we do Something
0: that we keep returning to on board the radio programme Artie Party, that is this is mental health and arts and the overlap between the two so I'm wondering, especially since you're here today at the Conservant Craft event, yeah. what you see that relationship is and whether it's important for people to like find outlets in creativity for yeah. mental health reasons.
9: Yeah, well, I mean, in any kind of mental health issue, the, one of the main things that's emphasised is distraction and coping. And art and craft is just such a good way to sort of let that happen. It's so varied. There's so many different ways that you can be crafty. In our groups that we have, we're always making things, uh, colouring things, drawing. Things, painting things, and that's not the focus of the group. But having that there as an element, it really sort of it le- it's an outlet for them and it, it, it's very relaxing for them. I think it's really crucial to have any kind of healthy outlet with mental health issues. So I, I think there's a huge relationship and a huge potential in arts and crafts and things like that, and just general arts in helping to de stress. Is there anything that you'd like to talk about? I just think that mental health in young people isn't emphasized enough. I mean, you can see with all of, like, the Love Island stars and stuff lately, with the suicides, the role of social media and things like that. I mean, a lot of young people look up to these, like, reality TV stars and stuff like that. And whether or not they're a good role model or not, they do have an influence. So it's important to be mindful of the effect that they're having and the struggles that they have, because they can be representative of young people these days anyway. I just want young people out there to know that there is somewhere for them, that uh, there are people out there for them. And if you start struggling, just ask someone for help. So, Thank you so much for chatting to me today. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Right, well, that's it from today at the Conservant Craft event. Um, we've spoken to so many people. We've spoken to illustrators such as Sophia Hearn. We've taken a tour of the Holy Trinity Church, which is being redeveloped. We talked with Wendy Costello and Sarah Murray from the Washington Old Hall and for me it's just been really lovely to hear these different perspectives on bringing together artists and creatives within a heritage venue and finding the nice overlap between heritage and arts and there definitely is such an overlap looking around at the event today. So thank you so much for joining me on this um, That's arty Party episode that's been pre-recorded at the Conserve and Craft event. If you'd like to find out more information about RT Party, head to RTParty.com. That's arty with a Y, party with an I. Y I, And I look forward to uh, hearing from you. Artie Party's live events and website are made possible thanks to support from the Arts Council England and the National Lottery Heritage Fund through the Unlock Strand of Sunderland Culture's Great Place Scheme.